Take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, step inside the booth. Mr. Monday's alive. You're listening to the Talk Chicago 1690 WVON. Curtis R. Monday, the host of the show called the Urban Business Roundtable. Give me a call at the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. Coming up at about 935, we have Mr. Michael T. Pugh. He's the president and CEO of Carver Federal Savings Bank. Stop by to talk about banking within the African-American community, how COVID-19 has impacted in a disproportionate manner people of color and what advice he would give to aspiring entrepreneurs. And at about 925 or so, we got Dr. Dehan Mahaffey. He's a tech pioneer and creator of Culture Greetings. Uh, an online offering for greeting cards. I want to talk about, talk to her. She's based out of Atlanta uh, regarding her entrepreneur endeavors. And so kick back, sit back, lock it in for the next hour. So the show is called the Urban Business Roundtable. It's a show dedicated to the creation, the growth of the urban entrepreneur and small business owner. We got three primary goals here on the Urban Business Roundtable. One, we want to redefine the word urban and to help the urban community leverage their purchasing power. That redefined word is really big in business. It really is. Because if you don't redefine yourself in business, you are subject to becoming obsolete. If you don't constantly look at your business and figure out how you need to evolve, how you need to evolve as the world around you changes, you may find yourself no longer around. I can remember growing up um, seeing businesses such as Zares, or ventures, or when I was a, a really, really young guy, I can remember I can working all working hard all weekend. I mean, all week just to look forward to getting to uh, Friday so I can go to the neighborhood blockbuster or the neighborhood video store uh, and to rent uh, a video, you know, a couple of videos for the weekend. And so, you know, the, you don't see those businesses anymore, you know. And so, if you don't redefine yourself, if you don't do different things. Uh, in respect to your business, you may ultimately become obsolete. Two, we want to be a resource for the creation, sustaining, and growth of small businesses and entrepreneurs. We want to help you grow. That's why we have the types of guests we have on the Urban Business Roundtable. And three, to provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunity to grow their businesses. You can listen to the Urban Business Roundtable live every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, and a condensed recap on Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. and Thursdays at 6.05 p.m. Want to say good morning to the mans and the ones and twos, our, our engineer, the one and only Mighty Titus. Good morning to you, Titus. Curtis, how you feeling this day? I can't complain, brother. I appreciate you. And to our producer, Sonia Levine, who is, she may be in the studio. She may be in Walmart. She may be at home. <laughs> she may be at church. Who knows where the hell Sonia Levine is, but she's always present. She does a phenomenal job with what she uh, the work she puts in for us here on the Urban Business Roundtable. So we appreciate you, Sonia. You know, Levine. I saw her Monday and I was like, hey, how you doing, Holy Spirit? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I haven't seen since COVID has happened. You know, we talk about redefining and, and, and you know, always, you know, doing something differently when you become obsolete. Since COVID has happened, newsflash, I haven't been in the studio, right? Uh, I've had to get my own little setup, my own little private radio station to allow me to uh, record remotely. And at first it was very difficult, extremely difficult because I'm used to being in the studio. You have our, our, our film, our videographer, Troy, who would videotape stuff for the YouTube channel and stuff. And I missed that part. But now, as we say in the hood, I'm Gucci. 
I got my pajama pants on, my socks and my and my uh, uh my white t-shirt and I'm good. And so when when COVID has really messed me up all together. So not only do I I broadcast from home now and when the outside opens back up, it'd be hard for me to go back into the studio. Even my attire at work, I was really suits and dress shoes and ties at, as an insurance and financial professional. And since COVID, um, um, gray sweatpants and uh, blue jeans and Air Jordans. And guess what? That might not ever change, folks. <laughs> that might not ever. That's the good part about being an entrepreneur, man. I, I, I pay. I feel like I paid the cost to be the boss. I've been in business since March 2001. I told you next year, made 20 years. 20 years I've been in the game. I think I pay my my dues. And so Russell Simmons can wear his um, baseball caps, his New York Yankees baseball caps, what have you. Uh, damn it, I can wear what what I want to wear. So, man, y'all got to pray for me, man. But you listen to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm Curtis on Monday. Call me in my office at 708-647-1005 to schedule your free insurance and financial reassessment. Let's get that plan in order. 2021 is coming up. A lot of opportunities out there in real estate. A lot of opportunities out there in respect to the market. Uh, make sure your ducks are in the roll. Let me partner with you to help you with that. You can follow me on all social media tags at C Monday on Instagram. That's Curtis R. Monday on Facebook. And be sure to pick up the book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. And my website, www.curtisrmonday.com. That's a misconception uh, about the book, The Game. And I want to kind of point this out. You know, the book is not about flipping. Like you hear a lot of people talking about, yeah, I'm flipping properties. I'm thinking I'm, I'm flipping properties. I'm, you know, I'm a flipper. You know, flip this house, flip a flop, things like that. The game and my overall platform is not about uh, flipping houses. I mean, flipping houses is one way to do it in real estate investing. But what I'm really trying to teach people, what I've always tried to really teach people, is goes further and goes way beyond just flipping a house. I'm trying to help you flip the the mindset how to help you flip from being in poverty uh, to being in a position of financial empowerment, Um, how to flip from worrying about how your kids will go to college to being able to flip to a plan to help make that happen, to flip you from working at nine to five that you have a desire to get out of to flipping you to the road to uh, becoming an entrepreneur or successful doing your own business. I'm trying to flip a lot of the attitudes and behaviors and mindsets that you're doing in an effort to help you. And so the projects that I'm involved in, the things that I'm passionate about, um, speak to that whole notion. And as we talk to the different guests today, you know, they can equally talk about the importance of the passion. I, I try to help you guys and, 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 and get you nuggets. And again, if you want to grab the book, that's CurtisRMonday.com. That's CurtisRMonday.com, the game, how to become a successful real estate investor. Real estate is just one way to, 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 to flip the narrative. But with that being said, I try to give you little nuggets that, that, that I learned um, throughout the week or in conversation or something that God dropped in my spirit as a way to edify and help and share and think out loud, all of the above. And so the thought I had this week as an entrepreneur is that you have to be disciplined, Right? Got to be disciplined, just not in entrepreneurship, but in life overall. Discipline is required if you want to uh, get your health in order. You want to get that that body, that that beach body. You have to be disciplined in working out, 
and you have to be disciplined and eating the right things, right? I tell anybody if they want to work out and want to make a change in your body, there's seven days in a week. You got to win the week. Start winning the week, right? Take four out of, out of the seven and do the right things in terms of your diet and in terms of your, your exercise. And then once you master that, try to get five out of the seven days and then six out of the seven days and then so forth and so forth. But you got to be disciplined. In business, you got you to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined to being consistent at doing the right things. And you got to be disciplined in the pursuit of your entrepreneurial endeavor. There are different aspects of being disciplined. One, and I think this is really important, you got to be true to yourself. You have to be disciplined enough in business to be true to yourself. You can't allow yourself to get caught up with the fads or the new thing at the moment. If you start to chase the shiny things, then you lose yourself in the pursuit. And so one of the things I encourage all entrepreneurs to do is to be disciplined in the truth of being true to yourself and the importance of being true to yourself, meaning that you have a very unique story. One of the things that's kind of helped me in business, and I'm, I had to evolve to this, is, again, not chasing the, the, the shiny thing. I know real estate investing is, is really popular. You got shows that, 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 that talk about it. You got people that's, that's offering different coaches. I mean, everyone is mother is a real estate investment expert. But I have a unique story, right? I have a unique story because my story is my story. You know, there are other real estate investors, but there are no other real estate investors like me. No one else had my walk. No other, no other person had my battles, my trials and, and tribulations. No one else had my experiences. So, therefore, I have a, a, a certain culture add, a unique perspective that I can add to the conversation, that I can add to this topic of, of wealth building, of entrepreneurship, of real estate investing. And because of that, it allows me to be true to myself. Right. And so I'm, I have to discipline myself not to look to see what the next professional is doing, not to look to see what, you know, the, 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 the next business guru is doing, but to be true to myself, to tell my story, which is unique. And you're true to yourself because you can be true to yourself because you have a unique story that no one else can quite tell. So as an entrepreneur, you got to be consistent also at working at your craft daily. Discipline means, again, working at your craft daily. You probably need to spend about four to six hours a day uh, in your craft. If you want to consider yourself a, a serious business professional, whatever that craft is, you need to be disciplined enough to spend four to six hours a day at it. That's consuming it, learning it, growing in it, getting different perspectives, figuring out how you can become better. And in respect to being better as an entrepreneur, I, want, I got a goal for you. Commit or strive to the goal of trying to be 1% better each day. Now, how in the hell, Curtis, do I become 1% better each day? Learn something new each day about your craft. Learn one thing. Read an article about your craft. Talk to uh, someone who's an industry expert in your industry and pick here his or her brain. But commit to trying to be at least 1% better each day than you were the day before. And what you'll find is that adds up. I mean, that's the truth with money, right? You know, a lot of times people think that you know, you got to have this big, huge financial windfall to be, you know, financially free or to be rich. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, you can put up small dollars, but if you put up small dollars consistently with compounded interest, you'll look up and you'll be sitting on something. <laughs> you will have something to fall back on. And so in entrepreneurship, commit to being 1% better each day. If you do that, it'll add up. 
in a month, you'd be 30% better than what you were 30 days prior, right? And what could that 30% improvement in terms of uh, your performance, what could that do to your business? What could that do to your finances? So, again, commit to being 1% better. And also in respect to discipline, final thought, you got to push through and don't give up, right? You have to be disciplined enough to push through and don't give up in respect to your business. Because what you'll find is that um, people will come to question what your pursuit is, or they may not understand what it is you're trying to do. They may not understand it. They may not support it. But I'm here to tell you that their support and their understanding is not a prerequisite to your success. You got to be disciplined enough to push through the adversity, to push through the naysayers, to, to push through the, the, the disappointments and don't give up. Your vision is your vision and you have to be unapologetic in your pursuit of it. Now, that doesn't mean that you got to be a jerk about it. And it will require sometimes you need to be flexible, right? Um, and you may have to compromise at times. Doesn't mean you compromise the vision, but you may have to compromise the route that you get there. You may have to be flexible enough to to be able to be open to a, a different idea to help you get to your ultimate vision. But the 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 important thing in this thing is be disciplined enough, push through, and don't give up. So again, be disciplined in your business, aspects of discipline, be true to yourself, work consistently at your craft on a daily basis, and push through and never, ever give up. Coming up at 935, at 935, we're going to talk uh, to our good friend over in the banking industry, Michael T. Pugh, president and uh, CEO of Carver Federal Savings Bank. And then coming up, coming up, we got a tech pioneer and a creator of Cultural Greetings. An online greeting offering. We'll talk to her about her career. We'll be right back here on the Urban Business Roundtable. C. Monday, he runs his business stuff. <laughs> yeah. Titus know that's one of my favorite beats, man. It's almost impossible not to bob your head when you hear that beat. All right, all right. Coming up at 935, Michael T. Pugh, President and CEO of Carver Federal Savings Bank. Hey, you know, you got to have, like, people out in the streets doing things for you. In real estate investing, I have what's called bird dogs, people to find me opportunities. So I'm listening to the radio, and we had a sighting. We had a sighting, um, Titus. Sonya Levon has been sighted in the beauty salon. She's in the beauty salon, Titus. That's what she's doing right now. While we're working hard. Sonia Salon is being Sonia Levon is being pampered. Our producer is being pampered in the beauty salon. God bless you. Now it's all good. She works hard. She does a great job. So we we really 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 appreciate you. Um, our next guest uh, is a tech entrepreneur for more than twenty five years. Uh, she's a native uh, of Atlanta. Was one of the first women to retain an independent tech contract with the NFL entity in the 2000s and following her work with the NFL. She went on to continue working in tech while pursuing a degree in business psychology and eventually opening several tech based businesses, including a black Greek emoji app and an online only coffee distribution company. And in 2018, she launched culture greetings, a digital to print greeting and card platform, which expands the greeting card aisle to include options centered in black, brown and under celebrated imagery. I want to say good morning to the one and only Dr. Dion, I'm Dr. Dion Mahathi. Good morning, Dr. Dion. How you doing? 
Hey, I'm good, Curtis. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem, not a problem. And as we have this conversation, I pray that you and your family are both healthy and safe uh, during this tough time that we should call COVID-19. Yeah, thank you. And likewise to you and your family. I appreciate that. So, Dr. Dion, for those who I gave a little brief introduction about yourself, uh, for those who don't know more about you, for those who don't know, you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got interested in tech. Well, you summed it up pretty nicely. I've been in technology um, I, as a professional for 25 years, and I started in technology actually in high school. So in in the 80s is when I learned how to actually write code, you know, and pursued a degree in college in, in um, computer science and have been in technology in some way, you know, um, since then. Okay. 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 Was it, was it always a, uh, like, like, you know, again, I'm always intrigued. Like, you know, if, if you're a person that was in de- in design, I have a, there's always stories that when they were a kid, they were making clothes with their Barbie dolls. If you had someone who was an architect, he or she always liked to draw. Did you always find yourself like tinkering with stuff or building stuff or being intrigued by computers and things of that nature? Um, I always found myself creating, you know, not necessarily with computers. I think that it just was something that was in my subconscious because I knew how to do it. But I never woke up saying, oh, wow, I'm going to build something, you know, writing code. Um, It it just always was a byproduct of, of everything else that I did. I found ways to make them more efficient. And then when I started noticing those patterns, I think that's when I became a little bit more intentional Hmm. about just build, building, you know, what I dream. And so I think, you know, I tell people all the time, computer science is just really the greatest return on your investment when it comes to, you know, um, higher education. When you think of any other major, you have to pursue a master's degree to make money, right? Um, when you, when you, if it's, if it's some other STEM major, you have to get a doctoral level degree, right. whether it's medical school, dental school, to make money. But really in tech, you can come out of college with a bachelor's degree and make six figures or create yeah. income for yourself that will result in millions. So it has endless entrepreneurial opportunities as well as very significant return on your investment when it comes to how much you pay for college versus what you get back. Absolutely. I had my, Dr. Dion, I had my start in corporate America um, in the systems department with State Farm and corporate. So in college, I had an emphasis um, and I was operations management and information systems. So I knew how to program in COBOL and C plus. And my first Mm -hmm. job was a computer programmer at corporate, you know, doing those very languages, those mainframe languages. And I can tell you that some of that experience helped me as an entrepreneur because you got to be extremely disciplined when it comes to technology. Um, you do have to be creative and think outside the block, the outside the box. And you're trying to oftentimes taking a business problem uh, and trying to find a, a, a technical solution to it, which, you know, which translates perfectly over to, you know, entrepreneurship. Dr. Dion, it's always difficult being a first. And, and so I'm always excited um, and, and, and really happy when I hear stories about when people were, were one of the first or one of the, the, the pioneers to do something. Talk to us briefly about, you know, how did you become one of the first women to ever, you know, break, break the, the, the seal, break the ceiling, so to speak, and be able to have a contract with the NFL? Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, so in 2000. 2000- 
too, I built um, a platform. It was way before its time, if you will. The, the closest thing that I can liken it to would be OnStar. Remember, you press the button and you can get anything, you know, right. um, in your vehicle. So I had a call center set up, and it was powered by a technology platform called Orchestrate that I built, me and my partner um, at the time, Ty um, Showers. And we built this platform. It was a concierge platform, but it provided marketing analytics and, and a lot of spending data. So in, power, in, in partnering with the NFL, everyone looked at it as, oh, it's just a concierge service. But it really was a little bit more than that. It was a technology platform that allowed us to track every purchase, every dollar spent, every hotel book, every car rented, you know, everything purchased that came through our concierge service. Um, we, it was a lifestyle management service, really. And um, we, we did that. And we provided them with marketing data, which then they could go back to those brands and say, hey, our guys are spending millions or thousands or tens of thousands in these particular categories. So I, I, I really started out just trying to pursue it at the agent level, trying to work with different agents, and then was encouraged to pitch it to the NFL Players Association, the union, and did that and presented it, and they allowed me to service the guys. So I became sort of a human resources benefit. They all had a card, all the, all the active and retired players, players, as well as the Canadian Football League, because the union manages both Canada and um, American football. And so having that experience, it was a great experience in terms of just, you know, working on behalf of players who – did not have the time for a lot of things that we provided and their families were able to use the platform as well. So it was a tech-based platform. They could call in the request. They can go online and submit the request. This was the days of the two-way pager. They could two-way the request. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All of it it would come into our system, you know, and then we would, and we, we did some things like when it was Jerry Rice's birthday and he was with Oakland at the time and they were like, we want to take a goat. And so we found a real live goat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's awesome. We found a real live goat for his birthday. We should do things for Simeon Rice, who's a Chicago native. Um, Yeah, and a lot of of the players used it for not just wild and crazy things, but for typical things like, you know, it's my mom's birthday or I need to find a new realtor, you know, just setting up experience for them to help them manage their lifestyles a lot better. Man, great work, great work. That experience helped you uh, propel forward into 2018 to working on your, your, your current offering, which is called Culture Greetings. Tell us about your company now. You know, I've had so many businesses before and after that. Oh, wow. <laughs> entrepreneur. Yeah, I, you know, I wake up doing things. So, um, and sometimes I look up and say, look, God, don't give me no more ideas. I don't have no more time. I know the feeling. You know, because I'm the person that doesn't let an idea lie. You know how you meet people and they're like, I've been wanting to do that for 10 years and they never do it. You know, as soon as I get the thought, I ideate and build it, right? And so I have multiple things. that, And 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 that's how you learn. I tell people failing is learning. You know, trying to do it is learning. Um, But, yeah, I have several businesses, um, you know, um, I've had several software companies even before the NFL gig. Um, I have a management consulting agency. So I do management consulting for a lot of really big organizations. And when they're doing digital transformations, I lead that for them um, on a corporate level. 
as one of the business consulting agencies that they hire. Um, I own a staffing agency, so I still staff homes for celebrities, and it pretty much runs itself. I have people that recruit and, you know, perform all the human resources activities necessary for that. Um, and then on a tech, pers- on a tech front, um, you mentioned the Divine Nine emojis, because I am a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. All right, right. Um, <laughs> and I do a lot of text messaging and things like that with my friends, and we use a lot of the – it's an iPhone-only app, because only iPhone has this particular functionality, where the, the iPhone mess- – the um, iMessage has its own app store. So they're not the desktop icons. They're things that live within iMessage that you can do back and forth, right? And so I have an emojis app where you can send sort of different expressions based on the organization that you're a part of in the design in the Divine Nine Pantheon. So that's one of the apps. And it, it um had when I launched it, it, it was ranked one number one by Apple for having the most d- downloads um, for that month. Wow. And yeah, it did, did pretty well. And then I have the Where You app. Um, launched that one about five years ago. It's a black business directory. Um, I'm getting ready to redo that one because, as you know, there's all of a sudden this new buzz. Some of us, like yourself, I heard you talking. I was listening, you know, before we, as we were preparing to come on. And some of us have been in this entrepreneur game for for a long time, and we believe at our heart, at our core, in supporting black businesses is not a fad. It's not just a moment of time. It's, it's who we are, right? right. And so um, I launched the Where You app, and it had, it had ebbs and flows of traction, you know. But now, since there's this refocused effort by not just people outside of our community, but in our community, everyone's talking about black businesses again. And so I'm re- relaunching that and um, making it a little bit more current, but did have some good success with the Where You app when I first launched that. Wow. Um, yeah. And then Culture Greetings, which is my baby, because I send a lot of greeting cards. So it's a platform where you can go to the site. It should walk down the greeting card aisle. Um, you can pick a card. You can write a note inside. Our, our fonts look like real handwriting. And then you specify your recipient at checkout. So if it's Curtis's birthday and I want to send him a card, say, hey, friend, what's going on? I love the show. You know, all the guests you've been having especially Dr. Dion, <laughs> and, you know, and then at checkout, I specify your address. The card is, and, and it's a seamless automated digital printing press where the card is printed, scored, folded, third inside the envelope. The envelope is labeled and stamped all on the conveyor and it goes to a bin and then we take the cards to the post office. Um, the next business day. So it's put in the mail as if you did it yourself. We saved you time. Um, you didn't have to walk down the greeting card aisle. And then you didn't have to be impersonal with someone that you care about by sending them a text message or posting on their Facebook page, happy birthday, right? right you meant right. well. You meant well, but some people wince at that. They're like, oh, I thought I meant more to him than that. Yeah. I'm his sister. I'm his mother. You know, he, he could have sent me a card instead of sending me a text message. And you can also add a gift card inside. We have Lowe's, um, Starbucks, Amazon, iTunes, Target. You know, so you can add a gift card inside. Wow. And, and yeah, and so that's the cool thing about that. And it's a total gift solution 
Um, this year, we will, and, and, and I just integrated it, it'll be announced on Wednesday by Walgreens. Because there are some times where, oh, Curtis and his wife just had a baby. So it doesn't make sense to mail the card because I'm going to the house for the, you know, um, baby shower, right? Um, or for the sip and see, you know, whatever the event is, which means that I need to bring this card with me. I'm coming to your housewarming. I'm coming to your birthday party. And I want this black green card. So I'm all about efficiency. Man, instead, I... of trying to, instead of trying to pitch all these people, can I put this on your shelf? No, can I just point it to your store? So with Walgreens, um, you go to my website, you do the same thing, but instead of choosing a mailing delivery option, you choose pick up at Walgreens. Wow. And you can pick the card up in the photo center. It'll be printed. So we're a new partner with Walgreens. Dr. Dion, look, I can I can talk to you forever because you have so many different things going on, and I'm so impressed by your ability to create and multitask. We got to get out of here, but I want you to All give right. our listening audience information on where they if they want to follow you, support you, learn more about what you do. Where can people reach you? You can go to culturegreetings.com. Um, that's C-U-L-T-U-R-E, culturegreetings.com. Greetings is plural. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Culture Greetings. And on Twitter, it's singular because it's too many characters. So it's at Culture <laughs> Greeting. <laughs> it's a Culture Greeting without the S on Twitter. Um, but yeah, let, please come and follow us on our Instagram um, and just keep up with everything that we're going. We have some great gift wrap, gift bags for the holiday season. They're amazing, beautiful works of art and amazing artists on our card platform. Some of them are Olympic artists as well as work. They have work in the Smithsonian. So um, thank you for having me on. And I'll definitely continue to tune into the show. No, it'd be, great it, information it. it'd be great. And uh, let's stay in contact. I'll be talking to you soon because I'm impressed and I want to make sure that we, we keep in tune with each other. So God bless and be safe. All right, you too. Enjoy right. the rest of your Saturday. Okay, yeah. bye bye. Bye bye. Oh man, phenomenal man. I mean, it's more than it's it's, it's she's more than meets the eye. You know, I had no idea that she had all these other businesses uh, that that she was involved in. It's always amazing to me how individuals, you know, uh, can take an idea for one and take it from an idea to actual implementation, and then, and then secondly, uh, in a twenty-four hour time period in a day, right? You got twenty-four hours in a day be able to have the, 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 the depth and the ability to uh, effectively run multiple different businesses. It's always phenomenal in, in respect to time management. Uh, we're going to keep it rolling here because I want to be able to make sure we have some conversation and some time with my next guest. Uh, my next guest uh, is president and CEO of Carver Federal Savings Bank. Um, he's a banking veteran of more than 22 years and has led teams of up to 600 associates in retail, business banking, commercial, and residential lending and call center operations. He's been a critical leader in bank technology integrations, launching new lines of businesses, and executing new growth marketing strategies. I want to say good morning to my next guest, Mr. Michael T. Pugh, President and CEO of Carver Federal Savings Bank. Good morning to you, Mr. Pugh. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here with you. All right. Thank you for taking time with me. And uh, again, as I tell all my guests, just prayers uh, that you and your family are safe during this COVID-19 pandemic, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank to you as well. This, this certainly has been an interesting time for us all. So hopefully Man. your family is remaining safe. We're, we're okay. And, and that is a very kind 
way to describe 2020. Interesting. I've called it. I've called it a lot of things, Mr. Pew, over the <laughs> over the last couple of months. But I, I want to jump right into it. For for those who don't know about uh, Carver's history, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, when and why was the bank founded? Sure, happy to. So Carver was founded in uh, 1948, and it was founded by a group of civic community leaders. These were small business owners, faith-based leaders, in uh, primarily in greater New York City, but the headquarters was launched in Harlem. Um, these leaders decided to get together because they were middle-class, middle-income people of color that did not have access to mainstream banking solutions. So if you were, you know, if you were someone that wanted to open an account, but you were African-American, Caribbean-American, you frankly did not have options during that time. Uh, many banks would not take you because of the color of your skin. These leaders, pioneers, decided to do something about it, and they applied for a charter application for Carver Federal Savings, uh, for Carver Bank in the state of New York. They were initially denied. And then they uh, launched an application in Washington, D.C. for a Carver Federal Savings Bank. So born out of that was the institution with its first uh, banking center in uh, Greater Harlem there. And uh, now today, uh, 70 years later, we remain uh, very strong in the Greater New York City, uh, headquartered in Harlem, seven branches throughout uh, the various boroughs. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mr. Peel, I, I, I've read books and several articles uh, about the um, push or the intentional movement towards black-owned banks or institutions managed by, uh, by African-Americans. And, and I've heard all the benefits that, you know, as a black dollar and our markets or in our communities, we need to put it in black institutions that look like us under the premise that um, those same institutions would be financial reservoirs to help us with our ability to buy homes or to start our businesses or grow our businesses and things of that nature. But it doesn't, as logical as that sound, as, as inspiring as that, that goal may be, it didn't always seem to really, really manifest itself to that level. And you're, you're an insider, you're leading an institution. Am I seeing that wrong? Is that true? What's, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question, and I think you're saying it the, the right way. Um, when you look at what has happened uh, within communities of color, African-American uh, people, historically, we have not uh, spent the time focused on the circulation of our dollar within our communities post the civil rights uh, movement, the peak of that movement. And I think as you know, as a, a time has progressed, history is not taught the same way in many of the school systems. And so there becomes a bit of an indifference or a lack of understanding about the importance of making sure that your dollar circulates within your, your community. You know, we've seen over the past uh, 10 to 15 years a significant decline in the number of uh, black-owned or black-managed uh, uh, financial institutions. There's less than 21 today, and the consolidations have happened because of the increasing cost related to uh, running a bank. 
Uh, I oftentimes say we're more regulated than the Food and Drug Administration. That's just kind of my tongue-in-cheek opinion (laughs) about it. (laughs) I don't really know that to be true, but it certainly feels like it. And and when you then, you know, you you translate that back into, well, gee, you know, our community, communities of color, what we've often seen is that um, because we were denied the rights to have access to mainstream banking, uh, m- many years ago, now that uh, the largest financial institutions, the globals, are coming into um, uh, communities that are uh, majority of color, uh, we m- might be choosing to bank there because of access and convenience. Carver's a bank, as an example, that does not have 3,000 branches across the country. We've got seven. Okay. But... But what's different about us is that we are laser focused on making sure that we make an impact in communities of color. Eighty cents of every dollar we have on deposit gets reinvested in the community. And so as you're thinking about your banking choices, I think today, now more than ever, we have to be looking at what is the bank doing to drive economic empowerment and improve the condition of my life and the people around me. Okay. If we make our decisions with that in the forefront of our mind, I would submit that I think we would be exercising our spending power in a very different way and we would change the face of banking. Well said. As an African American entrepreneur, I'm always trying to figure out how to create how to bring different products and services to the market. And my ability to do that is predicated upon a lot of times having financing, whether it's from private investors or institutions like yourself. How You had to give us a, a best practices, us in the sense of African-American entrepreneurs, in terms of how we need to be positioned to be able to have a, a, a true dialogue with, with an institution like Carver with the, with the thought of trying to figure out how we can partner or get access to capital to these various entrepreneurial ideas and endeavors that we have, how we need to position ourselves to put us in the best position to be able to have a true dialogue and an opportunity uh, for, 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 for that uh, access. Sure. Well, so I think there's a, uh, at least a few things there, credit, character, and relationships. And so let me take each of those. Um, the first one is understanding the importance of credit building skills and how to ensure that you have strong credit because having strong credit isn't for, you know, the time when things are going great. It's for the time when things aren't going so great and you actually need to leverage that credit. Um, you know, there are a number of financial institutions like Carver that provide financial education programs and workshops. Uh, these workshops for small businesses. Uh, for example, with us, we've spent over 15,000 hours over the past few years providing financial education workshops. Uh, it's important to have uh, small business entrepreneurs attend workshops like that to make sure that you really understand uh, credit and how to manage it effectively. From a character standpoint, um, I think you have to have a very strong business plan. And again, leveraging uh, workshops and educational forums to 
uh, understand and develop that plan and be able to make sure that you follow through on the steps related to that plan uh, are, are essential uh, for small businesses. But third, I would say uh, relationships. What we found in this crisis, as an example, this pandemic taught us that for many people of color, having a relationship with someone that is in a decision-making position at a bank, at a financial institution, is extremely critical. So it's not about, you know, does my bank have a branch on every corner and, uh, you know, can, can I get to, uh, you know, all of those branches as opposed to who can I call when I actually need uh, advice, financial advice, and uh, need help in being able to make a decision. The Paycheck Protection Program is a great example that many small businesses uh, when you talk about small businesses, I'm not talking about what the how the SBA defines small businesses, uh, less than you know 500 or less employees. I'm, I'm truly talking about entrepreneurs with 150 or less em- employees, and uh, in many cases, much less than that. And we're trying to figure out how to navigate through this pandemic. Um, while they may have had relationships with some of the larger financial institutions, they couldn't get through the system in order to uh, apply for the Paycheck Protection Program, primarily because for many of those uh, our businesses, they uh, may not have an accountant, may not have an attorney um, on staff or on retainer to support them. And the end result is without the proper documentation, credit, and character, it made it difficult to be able to substantiate um, that your business was really operating, you know, from, from a legitimate standpoint. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, you know, I'll, I'll close that point by simply saying, you know, if you think about credit, character, relationships, being able to really make sure that you have contacts in a decision-making position are extremely important in order to help you navigate as a, a small business entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I would say that that tip right there, the, those three criteria that you just gave right there, was worth the price of admission. That 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 right there hit it hit it hit hit it on his head. We got to get ready to get out of here, uh, Mr. Pugh. For those individuals who want to know more about the bank, uh, maybe get some information about your different products and services, where can they reach you guys? Thank you. So I would invite uh, anyone to check out check us out, carverbank.com. Again, that's carverbank.com, and would love to talk with you more. Thank you for having me. All right, sir. God bless, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. My pleasure. Take care now. All right. Man, great information. Time flies when you're having fun. We never uh, truly, I mean, in, in an hour, uh, I could have probably talked to both these uh, uh, great uh, business titans um, a whole hour in and, of, in and of itself. And so looking forward to future dialogue with them. I want to say thank you to both my guests and spending time with us today here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Mighty Titus on the ones and twos. We appreciate you. And Sonia Levine, great show as always. Uh, go to my website, CurtisRMonday.com. Pick up the book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate uh, Investor. Or visit my office at CurtisRMondayInsurance.com. That's a lot of websites <laughs> to, for the book, <laughs> CurtisRMonday.com. Let's just keep it simple today. CurtisRMonday.com. Pick up the book, How to, how to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor, The Game. 
I don't do this for my first name. I do this for my last name. Chance Jordan Monday. Daddy loves you. Say what you want to about me, but I always know I did it my way. God bless.